0: Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. The kakadu plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a kakadu smoothie. I'm J.B. Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited to the availability in select areas. Visit at and slash
1: hypergig with details.
0: Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride in the queer community all year
2: Hey, this is Annie and Samantha, and welcome to Stephon Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. And welcome to 2022. <laughs> I hope it's been okay for all of you listeners so far. This is our first recording session of 2022. Yeah, happy New Year! Yes, happy New Year, and in traditional sminty fashion. We are not starting off the new year with organizational tips or resolutions. We are going to look at the physical and mental toll the pandemic is having on women. So, yay! I mean, it's never ending, so why not? It's never ending. Uh, (laughs) And (laughs) I don't know, there's something about, you know, being two years into a pandemic almost and seeing all these ads for exercising or getting, I don't know, getting a better shape or eating better and just being like, ugh. Right.
1: I mean, essentially with a new variant, I'm like, well, I'm still not working out because I will not go to the gym.
2: No. Yeah. I'm not
1: prepared for this, uh, obviously. So I will continue to stay home and just pretend like it's been the last two years still.
2: Yes. Yes. And we're you know big proponents of taking care of yourselves. And ourselves, you know, sometimes <laughs> don't <laughs> hit the mark, which we're going to be talking about. I will say I totally understand. There's no real trigger warning. We are going to be talking about mental mental health and physical health around all of this. But I, I totally get it if you're tired and don't want to hear it right now. All right. But with the caveat that even though what we're talking about isn't necessarily fun, it actually, for me at least, was kind of a relief because I was like, oh, yes. That, yes.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you and I talked about this episode before we left to have a kind of a holiday, uh, Mm -hmm. which is hilarious because we don't really do holidays in in general time off. But we were like, oh my gosh, there are so many things that I was like, what is wrong with me? What's wrong with my body? And then Mm -hmm. finding these articles that jump out and you're like, you're not the only one. It makes me feel a lot better. I'm hoping maybe there's a turnaround or at least I'm not the only one. So Mm -hmm. when we see each other the people who are going through the same things as I feel like I've been going through the last two years. That's been like, my body's changed significantly. What is happening? To have Mm -hmm. that camaraderie of like, okay, okay, it's not just me. It's not, oh, cool, 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 cool. Good to know.
2: Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. Oh, good. This isn't all in my head. So as we have been in this pandemic for a while, we have looked at a lot of aspects of it um, and how particularly those aspects have impacted women, including domestic violence, childcare, jobs, Um, and since we have been in this for a while, uh, more research is coming out about the toll that the pandemic is having on women, particularly. And we're going to break this down into physical and mental health outcomes, but very important to remember the two are closely connected, and we're going to talk about that throughout. And that's actually why I didn't ask a question at the top, Samantha, because I know you and I are going to be discussing (laughs) some of our personal stuff (laughs) as we go through this. But let's start with some of the physical impacts. So, as I said, we have discussed a few health impacts the pandemic has had and how stress in general can cause negative health outcomes. And I would go out on a limb and say, almost all of us are fairly stressed right now. Women are likelier to experience long COVID, for example, as high as 80% more likely to experience. We talked about that a little bit. Um, And women are likelier to report having more severe reactions to the vaccine. There are a few theories as to why that is, um, including women having higher rates of autoimmune diseases and having more reactive immune systems. Antibody responses are up. Two times, up to two times higher for women. On top of this, women are more likely to have gone without health care during the pandemic, including preventative care, and are more likely to experience worsening health conditions. Women in fair to poor health are less likely to get recommended tests, treatments, or prescriptions filled as compared to women in good health, probably because they are at a higher risk of contracting a more severe case of COVID-19. A part of this is the gender difference um, or that it might be a part of it because women in general were more likely to seek out healthcare pre-pandemic. So the drop is larger for them. That's, that's one theory anyway. These numbers are worse for women of color as well. And insurance and income are key factors to all of this. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I'll say I haven't, I kept putting things off and I kept saying, I'll get this checked when the pandemic ends. And the pandemic, like I look at my, my pretend watch. I'm like, oh gosh, it's still going. Okay. Right. I'll keep putting I mean, it off. Last year, you and I were like, do we go to get a
1: physical to lessen our premium or do we just risk it? And we mm-hmm. risked it because we were like, yeah, I guess we'll have to pay out of pocket, which sucks, yeah. especially because, yes, for anyone, all this the wellness thing, come on. That's a whole different conversation. But in that level of, yeah, but is it worth going to a very high-risk area for $30? Yes, for some. And that's unfortunate. And I hate that. I hate this whole system, as we've talked about before. But for us, we were like, okay, well, I guess we're just going to have to eat it and then also never go see a doctor again (laughs) because what if we get an infection in general?
2: Yeah, yeah, which is not, not a great situation to be in at all. Studies have also found that more and more women are delaying getting birth control or that they're reporting that they don't have access to it. We discussed this in a past episode and how it's a problem worldwide and has caused an increase in unwanted pregnancies in the millions. Um, STIs, stillbirths, maternal death, and maternal depression. Other research found changes in menstrual periods like delayed periods, um, more symptoms with periods and heavier flow uh, which does impact health and wellness. Experts think that this is due to the stress of the pandemic. One survey found 61% of Americans experience unwanted weight changes during the pandemic, which also impacts health. Alcohol-related hospital emissions have skyrocketed during this pandemic as well. About one in four Americans reported drinking more alcohol to cope with pandemic stress specifically. And that number is even higher for parents of early elementary school students at 52%. And this jump has been larger for women in general. And I know um, PASS hosted an episode on women drinking more during the previous president's uh, presidency. And it has had a name, but it was like patriarchy stress disorder. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we talked about, uh, well, we talked about Voting Stress Disorder. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, But yeah, 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 that's interesting because absolutely, I can absolutely see why this is happening and this whole level of coping mechanism mm-hmm. and having that taken away from you, whether it's being able to leave the house or being yeah. able to have kids go to school or being able to do happy things. And so if you're stuck and you're thinking, what else can I do? But, oh, great, that's a glass of wine. Let me have that.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I, I know... Um, I've seen, this is one of the interesting, I won't call it a perk, but it's the only word coming to mind, perks of the job. is wait, you, re- you research something, and then Google thinks, ah, you're into that thing. This is your problem. <laughs> yes. And I know I saw a lot of articles popping up in my newsfeed from moms who were really connecting to Miranda's storyline with alcohol on, and just like that, Sex in the City. Um, so I was like, huh, interesting. <laughs> Yeah, we're going
1: to come back to that because there's been a back and forth about whether it's problematic, the portrayal, or whether it was too on the nose. So I'm wondering because I haven't watched that episode yet.
2: Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's all I'll say. <laughs> um, and another thing: one recent study making headlines found that Americans' uh, blood pressure has risen significantly during the pandemic, especially for women. Experts again think this is because of the outsized burden the pandemic is having on women. Though they do note, it's not so much weight gain or chronic stress that are likely the culprits, but diet, sleep, not taking the proper medication, and drug and alcohol abuse, with the caveat that chronic stress can and often does impact all of those things. A Canadian study of more than 28,000 women found that women with low social participation or who were alone during the pandemic were at a higher risk of having high blood pressure. Interestingly, the result was the opposite for men. That's interesting. Uh, I know.
1: (laughs) I, I, I would have not thought of that. Uh, I recently, Annie, went and got my physical because, mm-hmm. yes, we were, I was like, you know what? I can't afford <laughs> the yes. higher cost, so let me go do this. Um, and I went and got my blood pressure checked. We were talking about the holidays, and we were talking about everything that's happened. And all of a sudden, the the nurse or the medical assistant, I, I can't remember, was like, mm, as she was looking at my blood pressure and the numbers, she's like, We need to redo that. And I was like, what? She was like, I think you need to stop talking.
0: And I was like, what?
1: (laughs) And it turned out the numbers that it was showing were showing that she would have had to send me to the hospital had that came back up again. And I was like, oh, wow, I've never had high blood pressure ever in my life. And then all of a sudden it went to the point that she was like, we need to remeasure this. So it was really interesting to see. It was still higher than I've ever had it, but it Mm -hmm. was healthier. And like, okay, you're okay when I stopped talking about my holiday plans.
2: yes.
1: (laughs) So I was like, well, damn, okay. Interesting.
2: Yeah, yeah. This is, of the health effects I've noticed during the pandemic for me, my heart races. It races all the time. And I feel like I can't breathe normally. Like I have to think to breathe. It's all just suddenly gasp. So that's been, I haven't gotten my blood pressure checked. I'm just assuming it's pretty high. (laughs) But my heart does race. Mm -hmm. And it makes me really lightheaded. Uh, And this kind of wasn't great for my heart either (laughs) learning this, but having higher blood pressure increases the risk of stroke and heart attack, two of the leading causes of death in the U.S. A 2021 study of 80,000 women found that women with high job strain, high stressful life events, and high social strain were very highly associated with greater risk of heart attack, and there was a 21% increase of this risk. Early data suggests that during the pandemic, women are at a greater risk for heart disease. That's not great.
1: And the signs are different for women. And so people can't recognize it because it is also a lot of misinformation when Mm -hmm. it comes to signs of a heart attack. My mother was a victim of that.
0: And the doctor would
1: not listen, which he was like, My jawline hurts. I don't understand. Was sent home, went back again because it wouldn't stop. And that she had no chest pains at the time, but she was like, I'm getting dizzy and my jaw hurts. Her main artery was 97% clogged to the point that they were like, this is the Widowmaker. You almost died and had to have major surgery immediately Was she was properly diagnosed. But had been having having symptoms for like a week and no one listened to her because it did not seem like the normal signs. Yeah. I'm still very angry about this. But As anyway. she should
2: be. <laughs> <laughs> She's yeah.
1: okay. She's okay. That's good. But it took that long for someone to figure out what was going on. And honestly, it educated me to be like, oh, okay. Yeah. It, so women's yeah. heart, heart risk, different. Got yes. it. Mm-hmm. Should have known. <laughs> right. This episode is brought to you by Snagajob. Oh, So another thing making the news and making me lose my mind a little bit is the pandemic-related hair loss, especially for women. And y'all, there's been tons of articles about this. So thousands of people, if not more, have experienced hair loss during the pandemic that experts believe pandemic stress has caused a lot of, as well as post-viral inflammation caused by COVID-19, also the stress of having COVID. I haven't had COVID so far that I've known, every time I've tested, it's been negative. But I've had a large amount of hair loss to the point that I have panicked and started, like, Googling, what do I do? Mm-hmm. Clumps of it, y'all. is bad. Mm-hmm. So in the first year of the pandemic, Google searches, including my, from me, for hair loss increased 8% with an average of 829,000 a month in the U.S. And Alyssa Milano posted about it, so, you know... Celebrities are going through this too. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Temporary hair loss related to stress or illness is called telogen effluvium that pushes hair into the shedding phase more quickly than the hair's life cycle. Due to the shock, the body shuts down processes not necessary for survival like this one. Um, Because of the cycle, it can be confusing because the event that caused it might have happened several months ago. Great. Right. It usually resolves itself within six months. Nope. And that's important to note with a lot of things we're talking about that they are reversible. I will say, and then we should do an episode. I think have we done an episode? Has there been an episode about women and hair loss?
2: Uh, I believe so, but I think we should come back and and talk about and talk about it again, just because there is so much stigma around it and like right. this fear and this panic. Yes. And I will say, as an Asian
1: woman mm-hmm. growing up where my one identifier is my race. That includes uh, my ethnicity being like black hair, all of that. One of the things I got the most compliments on in Mm -hmm. growing up was my thick black hair. And that was one of my prouder personality traits, I guess, for me when I was ashamed to be Asian. But, uh, you know... People love my hair. And I was like, okay, cool. That's something I can be proud of. And Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, it feels like it's being taken away from me. That's a whole different conversation. And that's part of the stigma that we do want to readdress. Because also, we know that aging causes hair loss too. And it's okay. I'm trying to be okay without panicking. But I'm definitely still panicking. Well, anyway. (laughs) So (laughs) hair loss is generally more associated with men. uh, But telogen effluvium is more common among women, especially after childbirth. I have heard this but any type of stress can set it off. And the pandemic has been more stressful for women and women of color, a point that keeps coming up over and over again with all of this. And again, this also has something to do with economically, socially, who is being impacted by COVID and the pandemic, and we know that it is women of color specifically. So, there are articles out there about how to tackle this if it's something you're experiencing, but check your sources and do your research because a lot of companies are cashing in on this. And y'all, the amount of ads, because I Googled it, Mm -hmm. that I get, that seems so ridiculous. And sometimes I still buy into it, but still, there's a lot of bad information. A lot, a lot, yes. a lot, a lot. Um, and experts recommend seeing a professional who specializes in hair and hair loss. Also, stigma around hair loss is a whole thing. Again, we want to come back to uh, because it is. It's very upsetting for a lot of folks. And like I said, for the longest time, I pinned my confidence on mm-hmm. my hair because that's the little that I had. Literally, I was a chubby Asian girl uh, living in a very white rural area so the one thing that i felt like i had oh also my tanning abilities okay <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which is what i was so proud of for the longest time and then growing up and feeling like i had to make an like an effort to become more confident my hair was always a part of that and losing it it feels yeah yeah it feels like i'm being stripped mm-hmm. a little bit of my own personality in that and it's a shame that that's the case yeah for anything, obviously, especially when it comes to physical looks, but because we were taught so much that this does matter Right. when you lose it, not because it's something that's... And, of course,
2: the amount of stress that piles on top of that. Yes, yeah. Ugh. I read some articles about that. I was like, you, by stressing, it's getting worse. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I don't know.
1: Worse? <laughs> How do I stop this?
2: <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, there's so much to talk about with women's hair, and a lot of people echoed what you're saying, Samantha, of like... I just feel like it's such a big part of me. Um, And then we have all of that uh, cultural baggage around, you know, youth and fertility with thick, long hair, usually. Um, And I do think it's really interesting. This is kind of a separate conversation, but just to drive the point home that this is such a, a big thing. I think it's interesting that when a celebrity, like, cuts their hair, a female celebrity... What?
1: what is she doing? People, yeah, people lose their mind, have so many opinions, and mm-hmm. then uh, feel like they can't have those opinions yep. as if they're facts and then discredit someone for it. Specifically, like, think about Felicity, the show, Carrie mm-hmm. Russell. She had the long curly locks uh, and then she cut it off. Everybody lost their mind. Uh, I mm-hmm. think this was a little before your, you know, your time, Annie. Mm-hmm. But I remember the amount of criticism that was plastered in teen magazines.
0: The yeah. shame factor,
1: and I was like, "Wow, really? Her mm-hmm. hair goes back. I don't, yeah. I don't understand.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah." And I think there's also, uh, again, I, as far as I know, I haven't experienced this, but I totally get why it's very stressful very panic inducing but also just be careful because I feel like there's kind of verging on I guess ableism but you know the people who get sick and have like chemotherapy um, lose hair so just you know always keep those kinds of things in mind
1: I mean yeah things like that and alopecia and everybody just really going in for the jokes it's it's really cruel in itself because you don't know what people are going through Mm -hmm. Joan Rivers made a, a criticism of an actress for wearing a hat and hating her whole outfit and talking about how her hair i can't remember if she was wearing a wig or if she had actually was going bald, but it went after her and turned out she had gone through severe chemo treatments and had lost her hair. And like, I think she actually apologized, but the headlines that it made, I still remember to this day because it was just like, Oh my God, calm down. You don't know what this is about. And the woman really like had a meltdown and, and, and finally came out and was like, Hey, I was trying not to say anything. I was trying to live my life, but you're doing this and and putting me on blast. And yeah, Yeah. it is absolutely ableism. And everything about that is, again, we talk about the rule of hair. We've talked about the level of personal space that people think that they can push, like touching. I've had so many people touch my hair. And oftentimes, if I know you, it's fine.
2: Mm-hmm. I've
1: had complete strangers come through and put their hand and like pull on my hair. And I'm like, what are you yeah. doing? And then when I would cut it, instead of saying, oh, look, you got a haircut in the story, or not even acknowledge it, being like, oh, your beautiful hair, what'd you do? Right. Ugh. Yes. yes. So yeah, definitely something bigger that we need to come back about.
2: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But to wrap up this kind of physical impact of pandemic <laughs> section, we've got to kind of grab bag a few random things that... I was interested in, we couldn't find too much data that shows they necessarily impact women more, but it's definitely impacting women. Um, One area is teeth. Mm. Numbers from the American Dental Association found 71% of dentists across the country reported a rise in bruxism, or teeth grinding or clenching, in their patients during the pandemic, which can lead to temporomandibular disorder. And I put that in there. I knew I was going to struggle with pronunciation. I hope I didn't butcher it entirely. Um, (laughs) Which is a disorder with symptoms like jaw clicking, pain, and headaches. And is also on the rise during the pandemic, according to 60% of these dentists. They also reported a rise in chipped or cracked teeth as well from grinding. And I've always had a problem with uh, my jaw is not properly aligned. So I have a lot of jaw pain and a lot of like clicking. Mm -hmm. And I have been grinding my teeth. My jaw hurts it hurts every day uh because i'm just so tense (laughs) oh yeah well on top of
1: that yeah i have found myself clenching and i don't realize i'm clenching Mm -hmm. um to the point until i feel the temple of my head like hurting i'm like why what's happening um and not realizing that i've done that i've also uh clenching to the point that i bite my cheek
2: yeah Mm -hmm.
1: and i don't realize it but there is a permanent like scar tissue yeah that i can feel right now as i'm talking to you and i was like, oh, that's fun. Um, But even on top of that, I have really bad teeth. literally have an enamel deficiency, which cost thousands and thousands of dollars when I came in from the U.S. I just started pulling teeth. They're like, yeah, this is bad. Um, Mm -hmm. And I was told that I would need to like cap all of my teeth at 18. And I didn't because nobody could afford it. My parents couldn't. I couldn't. Mm -hmm. But with that, because of the pandemic, I'm like, I'm not going to a dentist. And I've had so many like different yeah. points of pain in my mouth, um, and I'm no, it's dangerous. And I'm I'm sure people are gonna be like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Trying to do home remedies? I'm like, Listerine is my friend, which I know, I know, don't <laughs> don't go in. But I like, try to kill out any of the bad germs. But yeah, part of that is me. Yes, I hate the dentist, but B, like, even though I know I need to go, I'm like, oh, do I want to risk? Yeah. Again, going into a high high risk area to mm-hmm. get this done,
2: even though I know it's important. Yeah. Yeah, no same. And it's, I I hate it because I know a lot of people, a lot of you listeners are in the same boat. And I know I'm going to pay for this yes. <laughs> later. It's going to be so bad. It's going to be worse <laughs> than if I had gone. But I'm also, yeah, I'm just afraid to go. And it hurts every day. It hurts mm-hmm. like right now. Um Also, gastrointestinal and skin conditions have worsened. There's been an increase in reports of tendon strains and plantar fasciitis. My mom just was dealing with this. Um, I'm dealing with that. Yeah. I had to buy
1: new socks because I've been in so much pain. (laughs)
2: Oh, no. I'm sorry. I don't mean to laugh, but I wasn't expecting socks.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Look, there are things that you can buy that helps compress the heel. And it has been a godsend because I've been taping it up. But Uh just like it hurts worse weirdly enough in tennis shoes mm-hmm. because of the way my heel hits mm-hmm. but when i try to go back to work out i had to stop again cuz of the pull and i didn't know i didn't know it was a name you know when you start googling yeah. up symptoms and you're like plantar fasciitis i'm so like great let's add that to the ailment.
2: <laughs> yes yes um it's no fun i've i've had it and i i still have my knee runner's knee and it makes me what? angry cuz I'm like i'm not running anymore but um <laughs> Some people have reported foot spread um, and that their shoes no longer fit. Some experts say that that might be more likely that they never really fit in the first place. And we're just used to being uncomfortable. And now (laughs) we're like, what is this?
1: Can we talk about why we really find that for so many that slim feet are supposed to be the thing? Because I have very, 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 very wide feet. Like mm. to the point that one person was like, I think you need a D width. And I was like, how dare you? I would never. Uh, <laughs> and felt really insulted by it, which is not an insult. yeah, But yet yeah, it is like a standard of beauty to have small, slender feet for mm-hmm. women. Obviously yes. for men um, for yeah. men it's oh, the yeah. opposite. And they have to be bigger. And you're yeah. like, why is this a beauty standard? It's
2: feet. Yeah. It's a, it's definitely a feminine indicator. Like small feet, that should be women, big feet. I have platypus men. feet. It's okay.
1: <laughs> I adapt. <laughs>
2: um well going back to that plant cyber fasciitis thing, I should say, um, uh, they experts think that's because we're walking around in flimsier footwear or barefoot more often. Um, also, to expound on that skin condition point, it's pretty much every skin condition, including acne, which I have seen much worse right. acne. But they did say like mass knee is not really a thing. It's more we're stressed again or just not upkeeping ourselves as much. Right. Or our, you know, sheeps because that's been shown to... Um, right. I'm definitely doing laundry way less now than I was before. Right.
1: Also, FYI, if you're reusing the same mask and not cleaning it, not necessarily that won't necessarily affect skin, I don't know, I'm not a professional, but it's definitely not good for your skin. Also not effective. But
2: <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Also Usually stinks after a while, so wash those masks.
1: <laughs> I had one mask that smelled like uh, coffee because it sat next to a candle for so long. Oh, I was like, "What uh-huh. is this? That smelled like coffee." So I was mm-hmm. like, "What is happening?"
2: Yeah, well, I, I had I that had had one me- that smelled it. like garlic, and you were, you yes. were there for that. That was funny. I was like, "Oh no, I've made a mistake." <laughs> <laughs> I love garlic, but I don't want this. <laughs> <laughs> While there have been no specific studies about the pandemic on this one that we could find, chronic stress has been linked to the physical shrinking of the hippocampus, which is part of the brain integral with memory and learning. Um, and that did come up in a lot of articles. I read about how people think this is impacting our bodies. That is reversible. But they were saying because a lot of people have also reported, Difficulty concentrating or, you know, remembering things. But that's also stress can be a part of that and not getting great sleep. And they call it the COVID fog. COVID fog, yeah. Um, Another thing, more people are experiencing things like arthritis and carpal tunnel. And I was telling Samantha, yeah, my hands like lock up now. And that's also because we're at our computers or devices all the time. And all that screen time is giving us drier eyes and blurrier vision too, uh, which I have experienced. And I'm glad, I was very glad to know this because I was, I was thinking my LASIK is given out. What am I going to do? And not a sponsor, but that is true. Um, and many of us are if experiencing... If you'd like to sponsor me, I would be <laughs> glad to take it. It was nice. Um, <laughs> and many of us are experiencing an increase in back and neck pain. Oh, Yes, yes, yes. 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 Mm-hmm. It's true.
1: Um, and I don't know about you. I have been glued to my phone to the point that I'm like, hey, what is wrong with you, Samantha? Put the phone down and I've had to put a timer on TikTok, oh, essentially, mm-hmm. so that it'll stop me. Does it stop me? Not all the time, <laughs> but it makes me think. <laughs> yeah. uh, but because of this, yes, my eyes get blurry or uh, it gets really uh, dry or it yeah. uh, feels fuzzy, mm-hmm. and I get really tired, which I know has been a thing with screen time. We've been talking about it for years Um, but to the point that I'm like, hey, Samantha, you're already depressive as well as sleepy all the time. Maybe not the best route to go.
2: Yeah, and I know you're not the only one with that either, Um, (laughs) especially TikTok. Mine is fan fiction. Yours is TikTok. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Don't start with me.
1: This episode is brought to you by Snagajob.
0: happy pride from tomboy x we just dropped our pride 24 collection queer founded queer run and creating size and gender inclusive underwear swimwear and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin visit tomboyx.com to shop rev up your thrills this summer at cedar point on the all-new top thrill 2 drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple launch vertical speedway
2: Mental health burn. Oh,
1: yeah. Now that we've established all the physical impact stress can have on our bodies, and then there's probably a lot more that we haven't even dug into. Yeah, Let's dig into the mental health aspect of this conversation a bit more.
2: Yes. So, at the beginning of the pandemic, multiple studies found that American women experienced increased health-related socioeconomic risk, or HRSRs, like food insecurity, housing instability, transportation challenges, and domestic violence, which was associated with, quote, alarmingly high rates of mental health problems like depression or anxiety and or harmful coping mechanisms like alcohol or drug abuse. And we've talked about a lot of this through this. A survey conducted in April 2020 found that of the 3,200 women participating, 40% had experienced at least one HRSR in the past year, as compared to 22% prior to the pandemic. Nearly half of the women reported experiencing a new or worsening HRSR since the pandemic started. 29% reported symptoms of anxiety and or depression, almost twice the estimated national average for women pre-pandemic. One in six displayed symptoms of PTSD. Other research has found that women have experienced higher rates of insomnia and other sleep issues. And yes, yes, yes. Right. These studies were found in the U.S., right? hmm
1: Yeah. I wonder what these numbers are internationally. Don't get me wrong, because the U.S. doesn't have great numbers anyway outside of the pandemic when it comes to women and all of these uh, alarming risks, Mm -hmm. uh, because there's tons of it in the U.S. It does not do much for the lower economic socio-status. We know this, Mm -hmm. um, and the divide is huge, but when we're talking about internationally, when we talk about the small steps that have happened in different uh, countries, we Mm -hmm. know that the numbers were higher than the U.S., so I can't imagine what those numbers look like now, especially since they've been diverting the numbers, diverting the funds uh, to different areas. So Yeah. I'm really scared uh, to find out those numbers because it's getting worse and worse and they're having a harder time getting accurate numbers, again, because they don't have access to these communities and or the communities don't have access to give this information. So, blech. yeah. yeah. <laughs> but since then, several studies have been, have backed this up again and found that the pandemic has had an outsized impact on women's mental health as compared to men's. CARES Rapid Gender Analysis, a survey of 38 Countries conducted in 2021 found that three times as many women reported a negative mental health impact compared to men. Those always keeping in mind that depends on people reporting it, because we also know the more likely that women are going to be the ones responding as yeah. well as more honest. Yes. <laughs> uh, because we know that mental health is somewhat somehow feminized uh yeah. in uh, and weaponized in. Gender yes. is odd. We don't know why. We do know why, but it's such a sad yeah, thing that we, we talked can't about, be honest it about, it about it in yeah. our self
2: care episode recently. Right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So, but you know, twenty one percent of women reported increased stress, anxiety, and or other mental health struggles. And again, like I said, yes. It's based on who it's reporting, who's being honest, who's actually taking the time to fill out these reports. That's the Mm -hmm. other part. Um, As well as the fact that, yeah, a lot of the workload has been—labor load has been placed on women as well. So, hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean, and we're being pretty general here, but you can find breakdowns of specifically, like, for healthcare workers Mm -hmm. or for people who work at grocery stores. You can find really specific numbers. I mean, we don't have a lot of them because— um, while it does feel like we've been in this for decades now, two years is not that long the time to gather data, but there is there have been people looking into it. It does exist, really? <laughs> just not a lot. Also, newly being said, what
1: was once essential workers and giving things have been suddenly called low-skill workers, uh, and it has a lot to do with the great uh, resignation, I think, in part, as well as uh, we'll talk a little bit about the unions and strikes that are happening all across the country, because this has obviously shown the lack of respect and humanity Mm -hmm. given to essential workers, as well as just most workers, but those who are on the lower
2: pay scale. Mm -hmm. This does a lot. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yes, it does. Uh, According to some numbers, 35% of women have experienced moderate to severe depression during the pandemic as compared to 19% of men. 27% of women have experienced moderate to severe stress compared to 10% of men. 37% of women aged 18 to 24 reported experiencing suicidal thoughts compared to 17% of men. And women were more likely to report feelings of nervousness, loneliness, and that everything was an effort. 53% 53% of women reported that the pandemic has had a negative impact on their mental health compared to 37% of men. And those numbers are worse when it comes to women with children under 18. I feel those numbers in my soul. By mm-hmm.
1: the way. <laughs> um, recent studies into the mental health impact of the pandemic on pregnant and lactating women painted a similar picture, and experts warn that this could lead to increased rates of postpartum depression and prenatal infection
2: and illness. Yeah, and there there was a lot of interesting studies on on pregnant women during all of this because, as we've discussed before, uh, there's a lot of medical trials or survey studies can't be done on pregnant yeah. women, and because of that, it's not good. <laughs> it's not good in a lot of ways. Um, but anyway. One study found that older women with a history of intimate partner violence and or childhood abuse experienced significantly greater rates of depression, anxiety, and sleep disorders during the pandemic. The researchers were specifically looking at how a history of trauma impacted negative health outcomes of COVID-19. Since, again, women are more impacted by intimate partner violence and trauma, this is another way this is impacting women disproportionately. And... Women typically report higher levels of empathy, which researchers think is contributing to higher rates of negative mental health outcomes during the pandemic. One study found that higher rates of empathy were associated with higher rates of depression, anxiety, and trauma. And you and I were talking about that recently. Yes, we did. And
1: we, we did a little episode about like everything feeling overwhelming yeah. anyways and coming back into the reality of like what is this? Um, but yeah, that, that you and I had this conversation about, you know, if you're truly an empath, it's really hard because you don't know why. But mm-hmm. when you hear the trauma going on to someone you love and/or uh, anything around, it breaks you, um, and that's part of being empathetic in itself. And we're not trying to be kitschy and saying we're empaths. That's a whole different conversation. But being empathetic and understanding what is happening and just knowing that it res- resonates because you know trauma that mm-hmm. in itself has brought me to a whole new point of like I give up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which we both talked about because there is no there's no way to rest from that, especially mm-hmm. in times of continued trauma and we've seen it for a long while now and because we also have access to social media seeing that in a first first hand account from that view is a whole different conversation too.
2: Yeah, and for a lot of these surveys, they referenced other um, traumatic events like uh, they, a lot of people talked about SARS and there were studies around that and the stress of SARS and what happened because of that. And then um, weather events like Katrina, September 11th. But for a lot of us, you know, Katrina, if you're in it, that's acute stress and ongoing chronic stress. But if you're not in it, it's kind of an acute stress where right. it's one and done. Whereas this pandemic is continually chronic for everybody. Um, So it's kind of a new... It was just interesting to, like, they were like, we have this data from SARS, but SARS didn't do this. No. Yeah. We don't see this political level
1: uh, that has brought this huge divide, which really has brought on a whole new stressor. And we've talked about that in itself and what that looks like. Mm -hmm. Uh, Especially if it breaks apart your family.
2: Yeah, it's stressful. <laughs> it's stressful.
1: Anyway, so another piece of this is um, as we move to telehealth, which in many ways is great. We have to remember not everyone has access to that. And since women are experiencing these physical and mental impacts at a higher rate, that also impacts us more. Yeah. As beautiful as this is, again who has access to it, who has the ability to get to it. Um, This is expounded by the closing of in-person services. In 2021, the Alfred Hospital reported a 2,800% increase
2: in demand to the Women's Mental Health Clinic. Yeah, so, I mean, it's also a staffing issue at that point. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, and also, as we've said, women make up a majority of, yes, the essential workers, and that has had significant impact on mental health and uh, you know on top of that we keep seeing this threat of children but also taking up that extra child care um, or taking just in general taking care of the house because um, we've talked about that a lot that the still skewed towards women do much of that work and yes a lot of us have experienced loss during this pandemic of a loved one a pet a job normalcy whatever it is um, and that's impacting our mental health too
1: Right. Um, And just kind of going back to the essential workers, it's not even adding on to the fact of the uh, privileged slash entitled customers who come through to make them torture people, (laughs) essentially, is what I've seen. Whether it's the new—and I know it's not a lot, but there's plenty of the uh, conspiracy theorists who Mm -hmm. are anti-maskers coming in purposely trying to rile up. And there's nothing that an employee can do. Essentially, like, causing this ruckus to make themselves look like they're politically uh, fighting. Uh, I can't imagine being in customer service right now. Just working as a bartender for a little while and having drunk people to deal with, Mm -hmm. having drunk, entitled people who really think they're making a statement and they're making a move. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't understand. And then again, like I said, when we talk about all of a sudden they're being referenced as low-skill workers, and I know that was out of one context of conversation, but it was a big conversation because, again, when we see things like the Build Back Better plan was halted again, and part of that was that they didn't want to do living wages because, was it Munchen who said uh, that he thinks they're going to waste it on
2: drugs? Oh, well, his name is Mnuchin, but I like Mnuchin. No, you're talking about Mnuchin. I can't remember. (laughs) No, we're talking about a different person, I think. but That's funny. (laughs) Mnuchin. Are you talking about Joe Mnuchin? Yeah, (laughs) Mnuchin. Mnuchin is a different guy. (laughs) Mnuchin is no one.
1: (laughs) But yeah, he literally, supposedly, said that he wasn't in support of it because he thinks that these uh, essential workers who are living. Barely on minimum wage, shouldn't get a raise because they might spend it on drugs. Racist as. <laughs> f-. Racist as. F-. So I'm just gonna, I really didn't did think his name was Munchin, and I'm gonna leave it at that.
2: that. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> I support you. <laughs> <in> this decision. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, so, a bigger piece of this conversation is the fact that we, as a country and, and even most of the world, don't fund mental health care resources and don't place it as a priority. Yeah, so that's the, one of the first things to go when it comes to budgeting. Mm -hmm. The UN and World Health Organizations have found that for middle-to-low-income families, mental health accounts for 1.6% of all the household health care budget. That study from before found only 15% of those who reported negative mental health outcomes due to the pandemic sought out mental health care. Though, of course, access, again, is a big part of that. And like I said, that's one of the first things that's... Uh, probably cut. That's what was happening essentially all around the world when it comes to that and uh, women...
2: Reproductive rights?
1: <laughs> well, women's reproductive rights, that's already a fight. Like, yeah. even when the budget is good. Yeah. But, like, women's safety is immediately cut, as we've seen.
2: hmm Yeah. And I think, from my experience as an American, it's... I, I, insurance, I didn't even know you could get that covered. And it's so expensive without insurance. Um... So I think that people are getting more aware of that, but it's still, yeah, I can totally see why the number is so, so low. (laughs) Right.
1: And of course, we're talking about things being cut. We should also go ahead and mention things being cut for uh, people in the LGBTQ, people of color, any services that are not deemed essential. And when Mm -hmm. I say essential, it's essentially, I don't even know because childcare is not a part of that. Health again is not really a part of that. (laughs) Food is barely a part of that. So I guess, yeah, there's nothing essential. You just don't get it. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah,
2: Just make do and don't complain about it. And uh, self-care, we've talked about a lot before, is one of the first things that goes for a lot of us. But it is important to remember that mental health is more than just therapy. Um, And I say this because I read a lot of people, especially mothers, who were saying, like, I can't it's the first thing on my list that goes because I have to do all of this other stuff. And I totally get that. But I think it is important to remember, you know, there are other things you can try to carve out even just a little bit uh, to try to help your mental your mental health. And also I wanted to add in here because it kind of made me laugh. Uh, many articles recommended the things we've all heard before, mindfulness, taking time for yourself, exercise. But it's all with the caveat that There's a reason a bunch of us have stopped doing those things or struggle with those things right now. And one of my favorite was, it was like, if you're too afraid to go outside, which I generally am, go on a walk in your house. And I was like, well, 15 seconds, I shall be done with my walk.
1: (laughs) Your entire bedroom is like a mattress that you can't get past. So that (laughs) even cuts
2: one room out. So, Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) That made me laugh. I get what they're saying, but... uh, (laughs) I could just do a back and forth loop over and over.
1: Again, like all of these things are nice in thought, but if you're a parent of one, two, three four, five, six, seven, eight, nine children, Mm -hmm. yeah, you you really don't have privacy. Like, you can try to lock yourself in the bathroom, but eventually someone's going to come pounding, most likely. Mm -hmm. If you're at home and you have been a stay-at-home mom um, and then everybody's there demanding was already a full-time job without people demanding I can't imagine that level but again so either way you're doing double duty Mm -hmm. with the expectation that you should be doing these things on top of it and that's really gross in every way I would hope that you have a really equal relationship where you can divide that would be the dream but even that is stressful
2: yeah yeah. Um, and I mean, we're talking about this as, you know, big cities across the country suddenly announced, like, we're going back to virtual schooling. Uh, and it's just totally chaotic. Right. And people trying to figure out these childcare things, um, which is expensive, but also, yes, there is this great resignation of people quitting. So it, it's, it's a lot. And our bodies and our minds are suffering for it. Yeah. Um, And I don't know. (laughs) Like I said, it made me feel better to know. But it is, it also scared me. Because I was like, this is going to have, I knew it was not great and it's going to have an impact, but it's really going to have an impact.
1: Right. Um, I mean, I really would like to see the differences in which uh, the countries are supporting mm -hmm. the citizens instead of just saying, make do. Yeah, figure it Uh, out. Yeah, essentially with the uh, stimuluses and the different... So stimulus is stimulus stimuluses? Stimuli? Stimmy. The stimulus I'm going to call it the stimmis because okay. I don't know what else to call it. Um, but essentially financial support, which we had, what, two checks? Three checks? Yeah. And,
2: and it depended on a lot of factors. Right. You, you better have
1: paid your taxes if you didn't pay before. And if you were in a serving job, you probably had to pay back taxes, which mm-hmm. you can't afford to pay back. Because, hey, service industry is really hard, and you don't make a lot of money off of it. Yeah. And then when you get shut down completely, and you're at a, at will state with no unionization or any opportunity to do so, you're mm-hmm. really screwed. Yeah. So the level of downward spiral we're having, and people thinking it's okay, is yeah. absurd. Uh, absurd. Yeah. And I know I feel like when we have somewhat stabilized with all the vaccines, and people finally whatever happens happens, and just having to resigned to the fact whether this is our life for the rest of our lives and going on with it and or having a solution, an actual solution, I would Mm -hmm. like to see what happens and who not came out on top because it's not a competition, but who came out okay.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's when, who knows when we'll revisit this, Samantha, but that will be interesting. And um, I also wanted to throw in here before we wrap up, because I forgot to mention it, but this is also something I've been experiencing Headaches, increase oh, yeah. in headaches. Uh, they Me found, too. Uh, yeah, and especially because I get migraines, but I usually only get them like two to four times a year. Um, I think last year I had at least eight, uh, and I have I have one right now. It's you know also related to your jaw mm-hmm. uh, and all that stuff we were talking about, but just another thing to add on there. <laughs> yeah,
1: mine has everything to do with my vision,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I don't call mine migraines because it doesn't. I don't know. I don't think it's that severe, but it's pretty severe.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, a bad headache is no joke, no right. matter what. Um <laughs>
1: up every morning with a headache. I wake up every morning with a headache. Can someone tell me about that?
2: I guess we have to research it for oh, ourselves. Oh, no. Someone <laughs> tell me. the listeners to diagnose us. Um, <laughs> there is still a lot we don't know. Um, data is still being collected. Research is still being done. But listeners, if you have anything you want to point us toward, or if you're from another part of the, the world where things are different, being handled differently, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at Steph at iHeartMedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at MomStuffPodcast podcast or on Instagram at stuff I'm Never Told You. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina. Sorry, we're whining.
1: We love you, Christina.
2: <laughs> we love you, Christina. And we love you, listeners. Thanks for listening. We hope you're well. Stuff I'm Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.